I can't remember the exact day as the days and weeks have all completely blurred together for me, but I can recall this one Sunday in February that I drove home from church alone with uncomfortable tears stinging in my eyes. I couldn't even articulate why I was crying other than I was so, so tired and everything felt foggy. The thing is, I was at the end of myself. Two years of pandemic life and I had nothing left. My reserves, they were depleted. I had no more pivots left in me. I was running out of creative ideas and I was losing track of lockdowns. And frankly, I had no more energy to muster up any courage to navigate any more changes that were coming my way. And I was dreading the thought of having to disappoint any more people. I guess I had been trying to stay strong for the people around me. And I got to this place where I simply couldn't keep it up anymore. And I started to ask myself, after two years, how would I rise from all of this? I don't know about you, but have you ever felt that way? Now, this reminds me of the time that our dog, Teddy, ate my glasses and everything was foggy for a few weeks until I got a new pair. Now, maybe you've heard me talk about Teddy. Teddy is the golden retriever that joined our family um, just a few months back in October of 2021. And we thought we were rescuing Teddy only to discover that it was actually us that needed Teddy the most. And there are so many things about Teddy that have made our family better in so many ways, like the way that he greets us when we get home. He basically hugs us when we walk in the door and the unconditional affection that he lavishes us with time and time again, the way that he forces us to get outside more and on and on and on. And Teddy has this one little challenge. He loves to eat and he can't always discern what's for eating and what's not. And so we have had mittens eaten, we have had dishcloths and hats eaten, and a few weeks ago, Teddy decided to eat my glasses. That's right, my glasses. And so, like all of us, Teddy is a lovable work in progress. Now, when Teddy ate my glasses and shred them to pieces, I had to wait for almost two long weeks for my replacement glasses to come in. And for the most part, I made it work. I had some contact lenses that I could use. Um, I had prescription sunglasses that I could use when I was driving in the daytime. And if it was nighttime, then I would ask for a ride. And then there were times when I didn't have my glasses on. I would either be at work or I'd be at home and I legit could not see. Like I could see like right in front of me, but anything beyond the two or the three feet in front of me, it was pure fog. And guess what? I learned that living in that state of fog, it was exhausting. It made my heart, my mind, and my body exhausted. Have you ever felt that way in the past two years? There's an article that Adam Grant wrote for the New York Times. Last year, he wrote an article called, There's a Name for the Blah That You're Feeling. It's called Languishing. Now in this well-known article, it's an article that many of us have read and it's made Adam Grant really a household name. He writes this, it wasn't burnout, we still had energy. It wasn't depression, we didn't feel hopeless. We just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. It turns out 
There's a name for that, languishing. He goes on to say, languishing is a sense of stagnation and emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days, looking at your life through a foggy windshield. Now we still have a lot to learn about what causes languishing and how to cure it, but the author says that naming it might be a good first step. It could help to defog our vision, giving us a clearer window into what has been a blurry experience. And it could remind us that we are not alone. Languishing is common. Languishing is shared. And by acknowledging that so many of us are languishing, he says that we can start to give voice to the quiet despair and light a path out of the void. And so if that's you today, you are not alone. I am in this with you. Now, if the fog isn't enough, the stress, the constant change, the lack of uncertainty, sorry, the lack of, the lack of certainty, the lack of control, and the overall fear of the last two years, it has created so much weariness in us. Loss upon loss, change upon change, we all ran for so much longer than we expected and it's all caught up with us. Now, it's not surprising that we're tired. If you're familiar with the work of Dr. Hilary McBride, then you know that there is wisdom in our body and that the emotions that we're unable to feel and process and move through our bodies, well, they actually get stuck. They actually get stuck in our bodies. They make us tired and stressed and sometimes even sick. And so with all of the uncertainty, with all of the constant change from the past two years, the truth is our bodies are tired, our bodies are stressed, and we are simply longing for rest. The truth that I want us to know this morning, and not just know intellectually, but deep, deep within us, is that God knows and cares so deeply about our weariness. There's a passage that I love from the third chapter of the book of Lamentations, verses 19 to 24, and it says this, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Now, this was written by the prophet Jeremiah as he witnessed the destruction of the city of Jerusalem and the temple. He cries out to God about his pain. He cries out to God about his affliction. He even cries out to God about his bitterness. This is strong language, and his soul is downcast. Yet what does he remember? That there is hope. That there is hope because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed by our pain because God's compassions never fail. Every morning, God's mercy is new. God is faithful and can only ever be faithful. The Lord is our portion. In other words, God promises to give us exactly what we need. In the midst of our exhaustion, in the midst of our suffering. God not only understands our pain and weariness and our fog and our exhaustion, God is faithful in the midst of our exhaustion, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our pain. And we can encounter God 
in the weariness. There is mercy in the midst of it all. We can encounter the great love of God because God's mercies are new every morning. Every morning, the faithfulness and the mercy of God is new. Now, maybe you have no idea what it is that I'm talking about, and maybe you've never experienced the kind of exhaustion that I'm alluding to. Maybe the idea of languishing feels super foreign to you, and if that's the case, I would want you to be extremely grateful. And also understand that there are likely others around you that are feeling exhausted, that are experiencing the languishing, the deep, deep weariness that I'm mentioning. I actually love this invitation from one of my favorite poets, John O'Donohue. He's an Irish poet, and he has a poem entitled, For the One Who is Exhausted. And this poem has been a real companion to me throughout the past few months. And towards the end of the poem, there is this one line, and it's a line of wisdom for those of us who are exhausted. He encourages, he invites those of us who are exhausted to be excessively gentle with ourselves. And personally, I have needed to hear that, to be excessively gentle with myself. And I can't help but think that it also applies to those of us who are around us. I mean, couldn't we all benefit right now from some gentleness? Couldn't we all benefit from some excessive gentleness? I mean, many of us are weary from the stress and uncertainty of the past two years, and that is completely appropriate. You are not alone. We are in this together, and God is with us. We are not forgotten. God's mercies for you and I are new every single morning. And God promises to be our portion. God promises to give us what we need. And so where do we go from here? How do we recover? And what does Jesus offer us in the midst of our exhaustion? Canadian author Sarah Bessie, um, I subscribe to her monthly newsletter known as Field Notes, and she has introduced me to the First Nations version of the New Testament. And I absolutely love how the translators have rendered the words of Jesus in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. It says this, Come close to my side, you whose hearts are on the ground, you who are pushed down and worn out. I will refresh you. Follow my teachings and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart and you will find rest from your troubled thoughts. Walk side by side with me, and I will share in your heavy load and make it light. In the first part of this verse, we read this, come close to my side, you whose hearts are on the ground, you who are pushed down and worn out, and I will refresh you. Follow my teachings and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your troubled thoughts. Now again, Sarah Bessie, in her 2020 talk at the Evolving Faith Conference, she reminded me of this beautiful truth, that Jesus acknowledges our weariness and ache, acknowledges and understands our weariness. And the beautiful thing about this verse is that Jesus offers us rest. He knows that for so many of us, our hearts are on the grounds. He knows that we are broken hearted. We are pushed down. We are worn out. And Jesus meets us right where we are at and offers us refreshment. What does that look like? What does that refreshment look like? 
the invitation is, come close to my side. The rest that Jesus is inviting us into, it's beyond simply taking a nap, which as an aside, is always a fantastic idea. But this kind of rest is about coming close to Jesus with an open heart, with a readiness to walk and learn from Jesus. It's about resting in the goodness and safety and faithfulness of the relationship with him. It's about resting in the relationship. It's about knowing that we are held, we are loved, we are anchored, we are rooted. Jesus reminds us that he is humble and gentle and that in him we can find rest for our troubled thoughts. Now, for those of us who are finding slowing down and resting to be super hard or maybe even impossible, then I can't help but think that this invitation is all the more important, all the more necessary for us. When we are exhausted and worn out, it's not actually about pushing through, it's about slowing down. Now sure, there are ways that we can find rest and there are ways that we can care for ourselves and there are ways that we can prioritize that and all of that is super important. That might be things like eating well, getting a good night's sleep, vitamins, time outside, meaningful time with people we love and so on. But the deeper kind of rest, the rest that will help us recover our lives is found in walking closely with Jesus. It's found in walking closely with Jesus and learning from him. It's about resting in the faithfulness, the love, and the goodness of the relationship. So the question is, in our exhaustion, how do we come to Jesus? How do we come to Jesus in the midst of our exhaustion? Now back to that verse from Matthew 11. In the second part of that verse I read, here's what we read. Jesus says, walk side by side with me and I will share in your heavy load and make it light. So as we find rest in our relationship with Jesus, the question is, how do we actually recover? How do we experience the rest and the refreshment that we are in need of? How do we walk side by side with Jesus? How do we share our heavy load with Jesus so that he can make it light? Well, I think it's actually pretty uncomplicated. And so for the sake of this morning, I want to walk us through four ways that we can walk with Jesus and lighten our load. First of all, prioritize environments where you can experience the refreshment of Jesus. Environments where Jesus, often through others, can pour into you. And so this is things like Sunday mornings, right here, right now, life group, Maybe it's a favorite author or a favorite podcast. Maybe it's time alone. Maybe it's time outdoors or in nature where God can simply pour refreshment and rejuvenation into you. Secondly, if we believe that the mercies of God are new every single morning, then what if we were to start our day anchored in that truth? Maybe we begin our day by listening to a worship song or take the scriptures that we've heard this morning, the scriptures that we've read, and tape them to your bathroom mirror so that they're the very first thing that you see in the morning and so that you can read them over yourself as you begin your day. Maybe you walk in nature. Whatever it is, something to remind you that God's mercies are new for you every morning and that God is your portion. Third, give your heavy load to Jesus by making prayer a priority. 
And not just at the start of your day, not just at the end of your day, but all throughout your day, especially in the moments when you find yourself needing and craving rest. Maybe you carve out time for a spiritual practice, um, like the breath prayer, for example, where you get connected to your breath and simply, you know, use your breath to breathe in the love of God and to breathe out fear. Or maybe you practice in a practice like we, we experienced earlier in the message this morning or earlier in the service this morning, the, the practice of silence. Practices like that and taking time for prayer this is exactly how we share our load of exhaustion with Jesus. This is how we allow Jesus to lighten our load. And finally, I want to invite you to actively care about what Jesus cares about. Decide that love will be your highest priority. Look for ways to practice excessive gentleness with yourself and with others. Who is it that you could let off the hook? Is there someone that you can show compassion to, kindness to, is there a person that you can build a relational bridge with? Is there someone that you could extend the rest of Jesus to? Because this will surprisingly help you experience more of the rest of Jesus yourself. Friends, together I believe we can reclaim what it is to walk in step with Jesus, what it is to follow Jesus with our lives, to walk side by side with Jesus, to walk in the ways of love there is life and goodness for you and for I on the other side of the exhaustion and in the midst of it. There is good and important kingdom work to be done, and following Jesus is how we recover. Now, maybe there is much in your life that feels dead, and maybe this all feels like too much. Yes, I totally get it, and I understand. And I believe that in the midst of the in the midst of it, this is an opportunity to trust Jesus. The thing is, our lives and our faith journey include the cycle of death, resurrection, and rebirth. To believe that life and rebirth follow death, even when we cannot see it yet. I love the way that Anne Lamott says this, hope begins in the dark. The stubborn hope that if you just show up and try to do the next right thing, the dawn will come. And in the season of spring that we are in, spring reminds us of this mystery when we pay attention to it. And as we get ready for the, the Easter celebration, the resurrection of Christ, as we are preparing for Easter in this season of Lent, this is a time when we can ask ourselves, what do we need to die to and release? What do you and I need to let go of so that we can make room for God's activity in our lives? How is God transforming you? Who are you becoming in this season? How will you and I be different on the other side of this? As you and I rise from the ashes of the pandemic, let's ask ourselves, what is the story that we want to tell? The invitation for you and I is to learn the beautiful, unforced rhythms of grace, to surrender our load to Jesus. What a gift it is for Jesus to be able to carry us and lighten our load in this season, for Jesus to lead us. This, friends, is exactly how we experience refreshment. This is how we recover. 
we recover in the context of relationship with Jesus. We are weary and exhausted for good reason because we have all been through so much. And of course, we're not out of it yet. Yet in the midst of it all, we remember what we read earlier in Lamentations 3.24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will wait for him. There is a rhythm of grace that we can learn and an invitation to keep company with Jesus. So remember how I began by telling a story about Teddy? Well, what I didn't tell you is that Teddy is a bit of a rescue situation. Teddy came from a situation where he wasn't wanted and truthfully, he was quite neglected and possibly even abused. And from the moment we met him, our hearts ached for him. We could tell that he was a great dog. And I remember Steve saying, he simply needs some love. Now, my husband Steve has put so much work into our relationship, into his relationship with Teddy, and he has built deep, deep trust with Teddy. And these days, the two of them are completely inseparable. In fact, Teddy is basically his shadow. And Teddy is a gem of a companion, and he has experienced healing in the context of relationship. He experienced and is experiencing healing and recovery simply by staying close to Steve day in and day out. Now, if this is true for our sweet Teddy, how much more is this true for you and I as we walk step by step with Jesus, as we stay connected to Jesus? Friends, this is it. This is our invitation. No matter how hard life is right now, no matter how exhausted you are, what is the story that you and I are going to tell with our lives? We get to choose this. We have agency here. And what if the story we told with our lives is that we kept company with Jesus and walked side by side with him? How we became refreshed as we stayed close to him. How we recovered. How we became lighter and freer as we learned the unforced rhythms of grace. How we experienced his refreshment and how we experienced the refreshment of others by offering it to them. What if the story we told with our lives is about the depth of relationship that we experienced with Jesus? What if the story we told with our lives is about how faithful and good and present God still is? <laughs>